left fielders. This is the Infielder Spotlight Podcast, powered by Left Field Investors. Our community is focused on networking and education to help people invest passively and think differently. Let's go. Welcome to the Infielder Spotlight episode, where one of our infielders share their story with host Chad Ackerman. Listen in to gain insights from our community on how to create financial freedom through passively investing in real assets that generate real cash flow. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Infielder Spotlight. I'm your host, Chad Ackerman. Uh, It's great to have you back with us again today. And joining me today is infielder Phil Muller. Phil, welcome to the show. Good to be on, Chad. Yeah, we really appreciate you joining. We'd like to start out with the simple questions. Hopefully, they're all simple, but they're really simple questions. Why don't you start off just telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you live, what do you do for a living, that kind of thing. Yeah, so Phil Muller from Ohio. I actually went to school at Ohio State about 20 years ago. Good luck. Ben from Ohio. I grew up and currently live in West Central Ohio, small town, Maria Stein, Ohio. It's a really small town, um, rural, rural area. Went to school engineering at Ohio State, as I mentioned, and then went, to, went into the corporate world for several years. I actually started actively investing in real estate in 2013, just buying single-family houses. In 2017, I started buying multifamily apartment buildings. We grew that. And then in 2021, I left my W-2 job in the corporate world to focus on real estate full-time. And then earlier this year, in the March-April timeframe, I really started... We had a couple of different capital events and opportunities to start to invest passively. So for the last 10 months, I've really been focusing my time and energy, learning the passive investing space, the different sponsors, markets, deals, how to evaluate and underwrite all of the above. And uh, yeah, that brings me to today. So that's a really high level view. Yeah, I was going to say that's a lot of journey baked in at a high level. Maybe you can expand, maybe starting from leaving the active world, convincing yourself that the passive world was better. Tell us a little bit about that decision making and what weighed in on your mind to go that direction specifically. Yeah. So first, I would say that where we're at in Ohio, a lot of our active apartments are in the Dayton area. But going to passive allows me to diversify into a couple of different in a couple of different ways. One, I can I can really diversify into some different high growth markets. So whether that's Texas, the Southeast, Colorado, really higher growth markets. Not only invest in those markets, but diversify amongst or across those markets. So that's one reason. The other thing it allows me to do is diversify from into different asset classes. So you know, traditionally, I've just been in single family and multifamily. I do have a, we do have a commercial project that we're working on, but this has allowed me to invest in development deals, mobile home parks, land, self storage, other multifamily ATMs. And the big, really driver of that, as I started to dig into it, was, you know, right now in our active portfolio, which we're we're kind of slowly selling some of that off. Um, typically maybe one level removed from the tenants and the day-to-day issues and challenges that's associated right. with that. Right. Whereas in the passive world, I'm, I don't know how many levels removed, plenty or enough, 10, 15, I don't know. So I'm not going to get a call on there's a complaint or someone locked themselves out of the unit in an emergency call or anything like that. I'm, I'm completely passive and I get monthly or quarterly updates, kind of review them, ask questions if I have them and, and that's it. So 
I'm liking that part of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that I think entices a lot of us over to that side. Once you realize that the system works, then you don't have to be so active. So that's great. So as you've progressed through all this, then how did you start to get educated or comfortable getting into the passive side? What resources maybe did you use or how did you identify your sponsors that you work with, educate yourself on how to vet the deals, those kind of things? What was that process like as you were getting started? As I was uh, talking to you earlier in the show or before the show, you know, I've been a little bit more exposed to passive investing just because I've been exposed to real estate for some time, maybe more than a lot of folks that are, have invested in the stock market traditionally. So I'm, I just through listening to podcasts or reading books about real estate, even looking into whether I wanted to raise money for real estate in my own syndications in the past, I had gained familiarity with it. And really what's gotten me comfortable is a lot of times I can spend the time and effort evaluating the deal, evaluating the sponsor, evaluating the market, and still get 70% or so of the investment value pro rata to my investment amount, of course, if there's like a 70-30 split on the equity as an example. So some different resources and a bigger pocket podcast. I didn't come across left field until I had started investing, but of course, that's been a valuable resource. Brian Burke's uh, book, I, I forget it, but on past investing, I would highly recommend. It's a great book. Yeah, that's The um, Hands-Off Investor. The, yep, The Hands-Off yeah. Investor. Thank you. So I read yep. that um, over the course of the summer. I would say just a lot of different resources like that that have had gotten me comfortable. And again, the big thing is it creates separation from me and the daily activities. I like evaluating deals. I like kind of networking in the industry and getting to know who the players are and getting to know the operators better, the market. So I've just enjoyed it. And I was pretty comfortable nine months ago. But as I've been really digging into this over the last nine months, I got even more and more comfortable. Yeah, that's great. I think that networking side kind of us coming out of the pandemic, being post-pandemic, whatever state we are, it's realizing the effectiveness of that in-person meetup that is becoming kind of important to me too. We had our meetup, you showed up there, we got to meet you as well. Just the value of having that face-to-face time with people in your network that you've been talking to, I found that huge piece of benefit from getting back. Maybe we appreciate it a little more now because we couldn't do it there for a little while. I just see so much value in that face-to-face these days as well. Absolutely. And the other thing is through just a a nationwide network that I'm in, there's five other guys that we kind of meet almost weekly and we talk about different deals and what we're evaluating. So just as an example, like LBX was there at the meeting in Columbus. Right. I met them, found out that a couple of the other guys had invested in their deals in the past. So as you're in the industry longer, I think, and networking more, the industry starts to get smaller. There yeah. starts to be more referrals or, you know, you can check, hey, have you got, has anyone invested with this company or this company or these sponsors before? That builds a lot of confidence as well and trust that you're picking the right sponsor first and foremost, and then the right market and then the right deal is kind of how I prioritize it. And of course, with smart debt, I always say as well. So I feel like that's getting more scrutiny than ever in this industry, that side of things and how things are getting structured based on the economy. And just again, I feel like I'm a much more educated investor today than I was several years ago. A lot of that has to do with the community. But it's taught me different aspects of the deal that I maybe didn't pay attention to when I first started that now are a bigger part of the analysis that I do, the diligence that I go through and everything. You know, a lot of that is because of the community. We, that's why we encourage people to find a community 
whether it's left field or others, just there's so much value because you learn so much more with other people's experiences, opinions, whatever. Take it with a grain of salt or whatever you want, but at least take something from what you're hearing from the community. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for myself, I mean, I'm, I've learned a lot in the last nine months. I've kind of had exposure to real estate where I can evaluate things, but yeah. I'm still not an experienced long-term experience passive investor, right? I've only been doing this specifically for nine months. So things that I would have maybe made a decision on eight months ago would be different than now. And I'm sure I'll continue to learn over the course of time. So no, I think that's uh, fair. And, and surrounding yourself with the right people, the right networks, and uh, just being open to learning it and improving your skills, I think is important. Do you love coffee? Have you ever wanted to invest directly in the coffee industry? You can invest now in the number one largest coffee producer in the country of Colombia, the Green Coffee Company. Headquartered in the U.S., they are now Colombia's largest coffee producer and have opened their $100 million Series C funding round to accredited investors. The Green Coffee Company has over 7 million coffee trees and is on track for a 2026 sale or IPO projecting an 11x ROI for investors. Discounts are available for early funding, but there's limited capacity available. To invest, visit legacy-group.co and click the Current Offerings tab. That's the Current Offerings tab at legacy-group.co. Hi, this is Zach Hapenstall, CEO and co-founder of Rise48 Equity. At Rise48, we've successfully purchased 38 different properties worth over $1.5 billion worth of real estate and gone full cycle and sold 11 different properties, drastically exceeding projections for our investors. If you're looking to invest with an experienced sponsor in either the Phoenix, Arizona, or Dallas, Texas markets, then we're the group for you. To learn more about investing with us, visit our website at rise48equity.com and set up a call with me. Thank you. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. If you think about how most of these deals are structured, they're at least five-year holds. So until you go full cycle on some, you haven't experienced the whole cycle yet. So it helps to get through. I've gone through only two myself so far, but learned a lot just seeing them close out and how they distribute and what that kind of fit to performers and everything else. I wouldn't have had that experience without going through it myself. You just got to cut your teeth on it, I guess, more or less. Yeah. And I think the only thing for like in my case that I can do outside of that is right now, one of the first questions I ask is, can you send me, you know, the history of all the deals you've done and the performers, what you projected before closing? And then how are you running on NLI? We can't see ultimately what the exit cap rate and sale will be. Of right. those. But to the extent, you know, we can tell what they can control, which is we look at NLI, how they perform versus their pro forma on the deals. And then of course, if they've had, if the sponsor has had exits themselves. Right. No, that's great. So a diverse background in real estate investing, you've progressed through a lot of different areas to get to the passive world. You're still in the active side too, but maybe starting to dwindle off of that. Through all that experience that you have had, can you talk about any lessons learned or advice that you give those that are kind of starting to venture down the the passive side or, you know, been in it for a while as well, but any thoughts there? Yeah. So I would say lessons learned coming from active real estate into the passive world First, I try to learn some things on just underwriting myself. So at any time I look at a deal, but also sell storage or mobile home parks or whatever it might be, 
is just digging into the underwriting. Look at the loan to value. Look at debt service coverage ratio. I look at the revenue growth plan year over year on a heavy value. I don't want to see like a 25% year revenue growth. I just don't know if that's truly achievable. So those are some things I guess I leverage from the active world to the passive world because that's fair. It just it has, the business plan has to be executable. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, good advice. And I and I'm I'm kind of a numbers guy, but I also will look into okay, like I'll pull up a Zillow map of recent home sales and see, especially on multifamily, is this multifamily 200k per unit, and the homes in the area are also 200k per unit. Mm-hmm. I don't love that. Or the rent projections. I'm looking like into the metrics I looked at on my own active deals. And I'm looking at the crime index for the area. Like, so neighborhood scouts is a website I use for population growth, job growth, crime index, things like that, just to give a a pretty good indication. And I walked away from a deal or two over the, over the summer because I just didn't trust the area. So those are some tools that I use in the active world here more locally, but I still use those if the deal is in Florida or Georgia or Colorado or wherever. Gotcha. No, I think that's great advice to share. There's so many metrics we can look at. I think everybody kind of finds the ones that they gravitate to more frequently than not. But I think those are some good ones to look at in any case, whether you're uh, it's your favorite or not. That's good stuff. So what's next on the plate for you? Where are you heading as a passive investor from here? Yeah, right now, I'm just focused on learning. I, we're going to sell some of our smaller properties over the course of time. I think the biggest takeaway maybe over the last several months is not only are not only is passive investing fun and enjoyable, but the smaller multifamily properties or smaller properties are just more of a challenge. So we'll be selling those, continue to do our passive investing. We might longer term look into some large, like additional larger deals. So our largest multifamily acquisitions were 70 units. We might do some larger ones if we can set ourselves up really for that third-party management and make it fairly passive. But you know, for the next several months, I'm excited about continuing to learn and invest passively, learn the industry. I'm trying to help expose other people to passive investing. I just think it's so valuable and so few people know about it. So just trying to help people get comfortable with it. I may partner on some deals and support them over time from a passive world. But right now, I'm just really trying to get to know the industry, right? The sponsors, the markets, and the key players and who performs well. So yeah, no, I think that's great steps to take. That's kind of been, I'm still in what I call my first tranche of investing in the passive side of things that I figured was a five-year period of getting to know sponsors and who I know I could trust and then I could go bigger with them as my second tranche comes around and whittling it down to a smaller group of sponsors as I go to get to a core group just to make it even more passive for me instead of having so many different sponsors to deal with all the time. So actually it's really interesting because I would say I'm a very active passive investor. Yes. Spending <laughs> a lot of time evaluating the sponsors, the deals, where I think there will always be some of that and that's important. Right. But if you become really comfortable with sponsors, you know, you're still going to oversee and look at the deal, make sure the terms are good, but you're not going to spend the hours of due diligence on the sponsor that make you do up front. So, and you'll just build that trust. So I think it'll become, even within passive investing, it'll become more and more passive as our knowledge increases. Yep. I agree. I think that's a great way to approach it. That's for sure. 
Well, Phil, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It was great. And, uh, you know, I really, really appreciate the podcast and resources that meet up was great. So we appreciate left field and kind of, the, I would say also just the abundance mindset that left field takes just to try to help out as many people in this as they can. So much appreciated. Oh, that's great. Thank you for that information. That's, that's our goal anyway. Try to fill that knowledge gap as best we can. But really appreciate it. And thank you to all of you that tuned in to listen to this today. We appreciate that as well. And we will see you next time in the spotlight. Hey, left fielders. This is Julian McClurkin from Tribe Vest. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Jim Pfeiffer for a masterclass. I learned so much from passive investing to real estate syndications to how you can diversify your portfolio with a tribe. I also learned how this form of passive investing was only available to the wealthy until recently. If I learned a lot, you will too. Go to leftfieldinvestors.com and check out the masterclass button at the top or look up Tribe Vest on YouTube. I'll see you there. Hi, this is Ryan Stieg, one of the co-founders of Left Field Investors, and I wanted to thank you for helping to build one of the most unique and engaging communities out there. You've brought your own skill sets, experience, and knowledge to help create tremendous value in a community that we could never have anticipated. We're excited to hear the stories that each one of you have to bring through this podcast series and to be able to share with our podcast listeners. We want to thank you again for your tremendous value that you've brought to the community and to help it become what it's become today. Thank you, and we can't wait to hear your story. Thanks for hanging out in the infield with us today. If you're interested in becoming an infielder, you can find us at leftfieldinvestors.com or you can send me an email directly at chad at leftfieldinvestors.com. Thank you for listening to the Passive Investing from Left Field podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review the show. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing said on the show should be considered financial advice. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Passive Investing from Left Field and Left Field Investors. Written permissions must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.